while you guys were setting up, Bobby and I were talking about traveling and yeah. uh, I just have a question for you guys. If you were to get on a plane and go anywhere right now, where would you go? Oh. It has to be on Earth. Like you can't give some <laughs> well, weird I mean, answer plane, like the moon or something. If it's a plane, I think I would have to stay on Earth, you know? I think I'd like to go to Jupiter. True. Well, I mean, there are some like uh, requirements. Okay, Understood. Yeah, namely that a plane can get you there, right? Yeah. Okay, yes, that's a requirement. <laughs> okay. I think, I mean, straight up, like I think I would go back to Costa Rica. Yeah. I literally, wow. like, a few days ago was looking at Airbnbs there again. I'm going to try to, in 2023, I would like to spend a month there. What what about Costa Rica? I think it's just a really good balance of, like, you you have access to most of the comforts of, like, the modern world. Um, but it's very, it's jungly, it's beachy. You can sort of, like, get out into nature and, like, be away from people in beautiful places, like, surprisingly easily so it's a really good balance mm -hmm. and also it's just like the weather's great yeah it's there's good things Sounds all the great. things that i like you know i, I don't think i would have ever s s said this until maybe a, a year or so ago but i feel like i would just head to italy somewhere along the sea want to be in like some villa just above the sea you can see down to the beach and i just want to like sip campari spritzes mm. in the town square mm -hmm. and relax why would you have not said that a year ago i never really had an interest <laughs> in italy like italy wasn't on my list i wanted to go to, i mean i still want to go to norway and you know um sweden and germany but i think italy is just kind of settled in it's just like the luxury of it. I still can't believe you haven't watched White yeah, Lotus because that. that that is like the second season is like luxury Italy beach resort. Campari. Well, you know what really what really kind of like made me want to go there is the third season of Master of None. I think that's when they were in oh, Italy. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. felt that was just so beautiful. And like I'd seen Italy before, but something about that and the food and the drink just kind of opened it up where the soundtrack for that season two was so good. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, there were some unfortunate things that happened after that. <laughs> it feels to me that as a food person, Italy should have always been on your list. Mm -hmm. Probably. What's your stance on France? Oh, that's a fun your stance on France. <laughs> oh yeah, I kind of with like one leg behind the other, crouched a little bit. No, <laughs> oh, uh, the oh my. <laughs> goodness that took me uh, yeah that's, all right that's okay that moving happens. on bobby where would you go <laughs> I, I do love france uh italy is amazing i liked france more because it's a I, I like the culture more i felt like you know when you travel somewhere and you like you feel kind of at home there Mm -hmm. Like Costa Rica, I guess for you, Robert, you just like those bad highways and stuff and like dirt roads. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I felt at home, but it felt like a place where I could maybe feel mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah. France definitely felt that way. Like parts of France, like not Paris. Paris is like, I mean, it's just a big city. Uh, we went to Amboise, which uh, was pretty, pretty cool. Like castles and uh, chateaus and all that kind of stuff. But like the people were very chill. It's just very chill. That's what I want is chill. Do you speak French? Um, yeah. No, but I was able to fake it enough to where I tricked one person into thinking that I could speak French. <laughs> was uh, this a French person? Yeah. 
but just the way because I was wow. really working on like the way that I said like bonjour, you know, like bonjour. But I didn't. But you have to say like they don't say things like bonjour. Like it's very like bonjour. Like they cut off the ends of their phrases and stuff. Are there so any I'm more French that. words that you could say for us? <laughs> no, that's it. I didn't have many at all. I can't even. I don't remember many of them at all. But um, but yeah, I got a lady in a bakery in the morning. And she started talking to me, and I was like, I can't talk to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, that's so funny. Um, just like, point yeah, you should try it. Anytime you're, you're doing it, like, try to, try to, try to trick them. And they start talking to you. If you're trying to trick someone and you only know one word, you need it to be at the end of the conversation. No. You need to oh. get through the conversation. No, like, the Bonjour. trick was, like, you do it, and if you do it in, in a fast enough and, like, casual enough way, they'll continue to talk to you in French because usually they can tell when you're an American. But then you're stuck. Yeah. They've just rattled off sentences to you, and you don't know what to do from there. Well, but yeah, then I know you that's, know that's, that's it. That's the joke. If it worked, that's that's the that's the whole point. You just do that, and it's like, oh, sorry. Um, and then you look like a psych. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we went, <laughs> you so need to know we to like how to say that in French. Yeah, we went to Etretat, which I would not recommend going to, but it is like cliffs. Uh, sorry, my kid is tripping. What do you mean? Can you hear that? You can hear my yeah, kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we went there. We went to Etretat. We went to Paris, and we went to the wine country. Um, I don't, can you scrub my kid in post production, Michael? Like, can you, just, can you like, make it seem like, like I don't have children? Uh, wow. Okay, that's not where Michael I was going. Michael's taking really literally today. Man. Yeah. So anyway, I would go to France. I thought it was really it was cool, and I'd highly recommend it. But I do think I would go to Italy first if I've never been to Europe. You Why did you say there. not go to that one place? Because it's um, it's beautiful. It's like absolutely beautiful, um, but there's nothing there. It's it's like as much of a tourist trap as as you can possibly go to. Mm. Okay, that so it's sense. just it feels like a cruise terminal. Like if you go mm -hmm. to a place where it's like a cruise terminal and how fake all that stuff feels, like that's mm -hmm. Etretat, but like with a beautiful background. I had a similar experience. Have you guys ever been to Banff National Park in Canada? Mm -mm. I don't like Canada. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. Michael, no, I've, I've never been. <laughs> Michael, you're nodding your head. Did you go to um, Lake Moraine? So I'm nodding my head, but I've not been. But my family, my wife has lots of family around there. So they've all been and I kind of know about okay. it. But no, I've not been. So it's like, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful place. And there's one lake there. It's called Lake Moraine, I'm pretty sure where like you can look up pictures of it and the lake is like this brilliant like sky blue color and so there's a certain angle like most of the angles when you look at the lake like if you take a picture it looks like you had to go on a 20 mile hike to get there but actually if you turn this way there's like a visitor center and a parking <laughs> lot and that <laughs> sort of thing and so it's like it is gorgeous. Paradise. Yeah, uh -huh. it's gorgeous, but you definitely feel like when you get there, you're like, oh, man. I remember going to um, uh, in South Dakota. What is it? The Where the president's faces are carved. Oh, that would be Rushmore. <laughs> Rushmore. Sorry, my brain. Um, I remember going to Rushmore and like thought it was just going to be like this majestic mountain with these carved faces on it. But it, it, there's just a giant like parking garage right in front of it. And it was kind of. The same thing. Oh. Kind of disappointing. Yeah. Well, hang on. Uh, Did you answer where you would go? I'll answer in a second, but I have a question for Michael about Italy that I don't want to forget. Have you okay. watched Pasta Grannies? On you YouTube. Know, yeah. Or, I mean, there's an Instagram, too. I have. Yeah, I've okay. seen some of them. For any of you who have not watched Pasta Grannies, it is these very old Italian women who are making pasta by hand, and it is incredible to watch and 
highly encourage it. Okay, uh, where I would Michael, go. Do you think you get a feature on that? I'd love yeah, to see Michael go. on pasta oh my grannies. Gosh, I think Michael you'd fit right a, in as a pasta granny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't even have to change any anything about their setup or, <laughs> or the title or anything. You could be the host and go go visit them throughout Italy. I like I do like grannies and I like pasta. Yeah, and I like it's Italy. A win-win. Yeah. All right, I quit, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're following protocol. Yeah. Right. No, that's yeah, that is true. Yeah, the, the rule is to quit in front of the entire team. That's uh, so, Aaron. Where, where would you go? Um, I think I want to say somewhere like just the beach, like a remote beach, but I'm thinking if I just had the ability to get on a plane and go anywhere, maybe somewhere that I've never been before that I'd like to go. So I don't know, Morocco, Scotland, uh, New Zealand. You want to go to the beaches in Scotland? <laughs> You're going to be underwhelmed. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's the, there's some like very cool knitting traditions around that. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, there, there it is. Yeah, there's the go. golden thread. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh, Michael. Is that the reasoning for Morocco as well? No, I've always just wanted to go to Morocco. Okay. But they have a lot of textile culture, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of Mor- yeah. Oh, Moroccan rugs and things. Mm-hmm. I'll bring you guys all back. Do you have any, like, if you had to say where that beach would be, like, do you have any specific locations or is it just mm-hmm. remote beach? Can you can you just say the beaches of Italy so that that way we're just cohesive and we'll oh, go yeah. to Italy okay. together? Oh, yeah. Okay. I would like to go to the beaches of Italy. And okay, uh, I was mm-hmm. really hoping that maybe, like, we could all go as a team. Like, it could be, like, some fun team building exercises. Yeah, I think that'd be a great place for the team retreat. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing I like more than just paying for people's vacations. Well, I mean, here's the thing: is like we well, do we, we have, have a lot great, for this. We have a great situation for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have an opportunity for you. All right, good question, Ariel. Good question, Ariel. All right, Bobby. All right, let's get into it. So, today's questionable decision. I feel like I've got a good one. It's very near and dear to me. Um, it could be near and dear to all of you, depending on how you answer this or what happens in the next couple months. Um, want to talk about quitting your job. So we have a, somebody submitted a question in the money, money, man, Facebook community. Um, and they were, they were hoping that we would talk about it. And this is a person, I don't know if we're allowed, do we say names on, I don't know. I don't want to say names. Um, but this is a person that has been following millennial money, man for a very long time. And I've kind of like been able to see their story kind of play out. And it's very interesting because they have tried to leave their job multiple times to work online or just work for themselves. So here's what he said. He said, I'm hoping next year is the year that I make the jump to full-time solopreneur. I started a VA side hustle. And remember my first payment was about $15 back in April. Now I'm averaging between 300 and 500 per week. And I hope to expand my TikTok brand all while still maintaining my day job that I'm quickly growing tired of. The last hurdle is convincing my wife to be cool with me making the jump. So I guess that's my questionable decision, quitting a solid, stable, well-paying salary to go solo with an 0-2 record the last times that I've tried to go solo, except for this time I have a wife, a son, and a mortgage payment, so the stakes are higher. So how do we feel about this? I'm going to start with you, Robert. So I think I know who you're talking about, um, and I... I feel like my answer would be different actually if I didn't know this person. So like granted my interactions with them have been limited. Um, but if it is who I'm thinking of, I actually, I believe in this person. They seem to me like, I feel like a lot of times when you're someone who wants to get into online business, like everyone gets into it because they like the idea, but not everyone actually is willing to sit down and do the work. 
Um, and this person, like, despite the 0-2 record, strikes me as someone who actually, like, is willing to sit down, do the work, admit when they don't know something, get feedback. I mean, as evidenced through, you know, that that post and that question right there. So I think really, yeah, obviously I don't have, you know, I don't, I'm not coming from the perspective of having a family and, you know, everyone to support, but I think when it comes to succeeding and starting an online business, so much of it is about just not quitting. And so I think it's more so about like, I guess it's less to me about like leaving the stable income of a salary job and more so about having enough money saved up and being willing to say like, all right, I mean, similar to what Ariel did with proofreading, where it's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to give this my all for this period of time. And then being willing to acknowledge like, okay, when that time's up, if you're not at a point where you're going to be able to replace that full-time income, moving on and actually going back and getting another job. Um, but yeah, I, that's my opinion. I, I don't think it's a questionable decision provided there are very clear guidelines around how long this person mm -hmm. will dedicate themselves to starting the online business and provided that they have a significant amount of money saved up to cover that time period and, you know, maybe a little bit past that. When you, yeah. what do you mean when you say significant? It doesn't have to be a number, just like, do you have like a... Yeah, I mean, I would say, so like if you wanted to say, okay, I'm going to spend three months like giving this online business thing my all... I think if you have a family, I mean, I would want at least six months of like complete expenses saved up. Granted, I'm not a financial expert, but I think doubling the amount of time you'd spend working on the online business as far as how much you have saved up seems smart to me. Okay. Ariel, what were you going to say? Oh, I, I think the the point about having a plan, like I think that's just what you need to do is just have some kind of plan. Like when I quit uh or when I decided to do proofreading full time and I was doing some freelance writing at the same time as well, we had, you know, our plan was to try it. My plan was to try it for a few months and see if it worked out. But I also didn't have a mortgage payment at that point. We had paid our mortgage off. Like, so this huge chunk of our income was not being, you know, dedicated to that. And so that was part of the plan and, you know, had some savings and that kind of stuff. So I think just having a plan, like, I, I feel like we lack a lot of details that we would need to say whether or not this is questionable because you know he says he's got a wife and a kid and a mortgage but he could have a million dollars in the bank and then if that was the case like heck yeah quit your stuff go do you know live your dream like i think the fact that he's uh, even questioning whether or not this is a is a good idea shows that he's thinking about it so that's good you know learn from some past experiences but then also, I think just the, like energy and motivation of somebody who is willing to go out on a limb and work for themselves and start something and like not letting past experiences, uh, you know, prevent them from trying it again. I mean, that's somebody who like their mindset and their energy is like they are going to make something work. Maybe it wasn't those first two times, but like they will make something work, I think, when you have that kind of energy. You just need a plan to make it, you know, to get through that transition of period. And I think my husband said this phrase the other day, a safe transition. And I think that's what the plan is, is the safe transition that could be different. Maybe it's the six months worth of expenses, but just have a plan. So you have that like soft landing. 
Yeah. I have a question, follow-up question on that. Do you guys know anyone who has like started an online business that didn't fail like the first time or two? Cause I know like before I started freelancing, like I tried to do other things to make money online, but I didn't really have like a clear idea of what I was doing. I didn't have a plan. And so like, you know, freelancing was actually like the third thing that I landed on when trying to start earning money online. Ooh, somebody that failed. Hmm. I don't, mm. I don't Are you know, saying somebody who had failed, who has failed or I'm, has not? I'm saying, I'm saying someone like, do you know anyone who tried to start an online business and like the first time they did it, they knocked it out of the park mm. or like succeeded quote unquote. Yeah. But I know I, a lot of people I who didn't. So. Yeah. I know. I feel like I know kind of a mix. Because like, I wouldn't okay. say that I failed, but I also, I had to like kind of pivot, like, cause I quit my job exactly without making, I wasn't making any money. Um, and so then I quit my job and then I had to do digital marketing stuff because I wasn't making any money, you know, but I, but I, I don't know, but I didn't like quit. Yeah. That yeah. I guess, option, I guess for me, I just wasn't going to do that. Right. Yeah. I, I guess my point is like a lot of times, or at least maybe this is more opinion, but I feel like a lot of times when you're starting out, like trying to figure out how to make money online, like you're gonna have to pivot. Like the first thing you try might not work, you know? So I think the O and two record, not necessarily don't take it with a grain of salt, but also recognize there are a bunch of other people out there who had an O and two record. And then the third mm -hmm. thing worked out. Yeah, I can see that. I've seen a lot of people, I've seen it both ways. I've seen a lot of people just never quite make it, but I don't know. It always feels like they're kind of like half in and half out. Like they don't ever fully commit to it. And they're like, they get really excited. This is what I see all the time. People get really excited about doing something. They're like, I'm going to do this. This could be awesome. And then I'm going to do this full time. And then they kind of like do it. And then after like a month or two, they just either like disappear or they just completely give up on it. I see that a lot. And I hate that. Cause it's just one of those things, like you see people that are just like clearly not happy in what they're doing and then they, but they never fully jump in because they're scared. Like it's usually a fear thing. So I, I feel like I've seen a lot of people too, who fail because they don't realize how much work it takes to really start a, a business and to, to make money and to grow something to the point where there is some potential because, well, I mean, I think there's always potential in the beginning, but they they don't understand that the reality of starting a business and freelancing i think specifically is that you spend so much time working on things that don't pay you in that moment so you're putting hours into finding work but it's not like a client is going to pay you for that time and i think that's really that's a hard transition for people to make who've gone from like a salaried or hourly position where they can go clock in or you know collect a paycheck every two weeks to something where like you 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 can't rely on that until you've spent a lot of time investing all of that time and energy into something that you know you 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 have to believe that it's going to pay off long term and uh, it's that's hard and i have some thoughts to build off of that which is well where i'll start is the job you have now is a result of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of other people's time and labor to be able to provide you a place to work and, and you know revenue coming in the door to pay you and um you may not be happy at it 
And if you're not happy at it, and you have a vision for what you'd like to do with your life or something you'd like to build, you should absolutely pursue it. 100% you should pursue it. But you should pursue it realistically. You should know that the hundreds of thousands of hours, the tens of thousands of hours that went into um, the company you currently work out is what you're going to have to put in to make your company work. And so I think that there's this, um, there's a realism that people need to have when they want to jump out and start you know, their own thing. Um, zeal and fervor is good. You need, you know, the excitement of it, but you need to have a firm um, understanding of how much work it's going to be. You need to be ready to fight and swim and, uh, you know, swim against the current. And I think a lot of people like the, the fairy tale vision of building something their own, but they're not really ready to do the work. But getting more practical, one thing I'd say is a lot of people feel stuck where they are. They want to do something different and they think they have to leave their current job to do it. Um, that works for some people. But again, I just said you have to be ready to put in more work than you've ever done in your life to, if you really believe in building something. So why can't you, on top of your current job, why can't you work 20 more hours a week? Why can't you work 30 more hours a week to try and get some runway? Have a, you know, have a plan of what you're going to do. Begin to execute on it. Uh, but if you're serious about it, uh, you don't need to quit your job and have all the free time in the world. You need to begin to do something. And a lot of that groundwork that Ariel was talking about laying that you're not going to get paid for, that has to be there to succeed, you should start that now. And so I think I think it's just having a realistic um, attitude and and mindset about what you're trying to get into um, that a lot of people don't have. And that's where I think you see adversity comes up. They don't know how to pivot. They, they can't, they don't have the resiliency already inside of them to say, well, this is it. I'm doing it no matter what to push through those, those, you know, the struggles and the challenges that come up. Do you all think there's a way to like leave a full-time job to go out on your own? That isn't terrifying. Like I think in order to, you know, start an online business or freelance or, or whatever it is, like you're gonna have, I don't know. And maybe this has just been my experience, but like multiple, like, Oh crap moments where like you look at sort of the work you have lined up for the next month or two, and it's less than you want it to be. And then you look at your bank account and you're like, uh Oh, this feels kind of low to me. And so like, I don't know, there's part of me that there's a security that comes with a full-time job. Right. And you have less of those moments. And so I just wonder if having the stomach for that type of thing and being able to, you know, stare at those situations and not freak out and say like, I'm going to continue on this path anyway, is sort of like a requirement or has that just been, you know, parts of my experience? I don't think it's a requirement, but I do have this theory that it's better to do like the fact that he has a wife and kids and a mortgage and there's a lot of things that are like a lot of potential things that could make him fail i think that's better because i think the only reason that i made it was because i was terrified because when you're really scared you will do way more stuff than you will do if you're not scared so like i would jump on sales calls i would like anything that i was uncomfortable doing i would do it because i fear is like so powerful so i think you that's what people ask me a lot like should i quit my job and like I agree with the six month saved up because I had money saved up when I quit, but I don't necessarily think you need a super solid plan. And I think that you should try to have a lot of 
risk of failure because I think that it's actually going to make you more successful faster. Whereas if you have like this really like soft kind of like ease into the transition, I just see those people go back and forth between full-time employment and entrepreneurship and full-time and entrepreneurship because it's like, it's not scary enough, I think. And they don't move fast enough. Yeah. I think the realistic expectation of what risk you're taking is very important. If, if I had to paint a picture, it's kind of the idea of like, you quit your job and you know, you're getting ready to your, it's your first Monday of building your company. Are you going to Staples or Office Max to get a nice pencil organizer and a nice lamp for your desk so that you can have a desk to build your company at? Or are you doing those uncomfortable things and getting on sales calls and hustling? Like that is the, the mm -hmm. first scenario are people who will fail because again, everyone likes the idea of working for themselves or having independence, but in order to get that, you have to, you have to get it. You have to build it yourself. So I, I agree with, um, Bobby that anyone can do it if they have the, the, the proper kind of fire and expectations and drive within them, because even if something goes wrong halfway, you know, or somewhere down the road, you're ready to pivot. You're ready to try something different. I'll, I'll learn how to do this skill. I'll learn how to do this. I'll change my business model. That person is ultimately not going to fail with the same, you know, at the same percentage as someone who has a small vision, a small plan, tries to execute on it, it fails, and then they're, they're not resilient enough to to overcome that challenge when it comes. Yeah. I'm curious about your perspective on this, Ariel, knowing a little bit about your story. Uh, about the, also, the fear. Before, and... you, before you start, can you make sure that you say something as beautiful as Michael said earlier? Because he, as his employer, was he was really saying nice. all those words. And I was like, those, these are good things that you want to hear. So I expect that you're going to say something. He said zeal fervor mm -hmm. so much work has gone into this this all this stuff it felt great so i was like hundreds of thousands job. of hours so i'm just i'm just letting you know that i'm judging your response against his response <laughs> and go. no pressure or anything <laughs> i mean i mean more so just about your perspective like starting your business because like mm -hmm. i feel like i don't know i think there was pressure on you but me i i have the impression that you maybe didn't put as much pressure on yourself to succeed as bobby might have so I'm curious to know what's going on. She was a sorry sack. Yeah, do you remember oh, really? the sales page you wrote for me? She was living <laughs> under a bridge eating dirt for dinner. So, Dude, Aaron, yeah. She can play hardball, position. though, man. She's, she, she, she can, she can she's cut through uh, sometimes. She can do it. Well, thank you all for such kind words. In a positive – yeah, I meant that in a positive, <laughs> kind way. Yeah. Bobby was like, I'm not going to be mean to Ariel – on this one. So you sent a message to Robert and you were like, you do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To be clear, to be clear, I feel like we need to clean this up because the last episode was a little bit wild. I, we all we really appreciate and like Ariel very much. We're not much. a family. She just, we are a family. I feel like we're a family. <laughs> oh, that's right. Michael doesn't think we're and a family. And for a little bit more context, Michael thinks that he, we are not a family. He makes sure that we know that very very clearly so michael also publicly. has a hard time understanding the nature of reality so like... it's true because we could be in a simulation and there's a lot of things that go on with that. all right we're so off, a lot of we're inside off jokes rails. we're throwing we're a lot of inside rails. jokes ariel okay go ahead go ahead yes go do your all job. right well say, say what you're gonna say i i was just gonna say that i i don't think that um I, I didn't feel outside pressure in terms of like when i was starting it wasn't like um 
there weren't outside factors that were pushing me to succeed. It was really internal for me. It was like when I quit, well, when I start, when I put all of my time and energy into growing my business, it was because I absolutely did not want to work a regular job. That I knew for just certain, like every every bone in my body did not want to work a regular job. And so I knew that if I didn't want to do that, I had to work as hard as I possibly could to make that not happen. And failure was not an option for me there. Like it was just not an option. And so I think what Bobby said about um, you have to kind of like have that mentality in terms of what am I going to do to make sure that I succeed because I will not fail at this. That is how I, how I went about it. And uh, I, I do well with internal pressure. And so that is that is how I, I think I did well with that. And this wasn't the first like business that I've started either. Like I've started a cleaning business that did really well, like made good money cleaning houses for people, didn't love it, but I'm, you know, it, it paid well. And that was the same thing. Like if I didn't want to work a real job, and when I say real, I just mean like a nine to five traditional job. This is mostly nine to five now, which is I was funny about to about say, it. you keep saying that you're not <laughs> working a real, work job. A real job. No, hmm. but I mean, I, I, I think that this is not real in terms of like, it's not corporate America. We have like, I mean, we're doing this no, podcast, we're real. which is a lot of fun. We're yeah, we're, real, we're trying as hard we as we can are real. Okay. We are real. We are, we, okay. This is what I think I wanted if I was going to work a traditional, like what feels like a traditional job. I didn't realize that was the case. Um, and I'm trying to save my answer now so you don't judge me too much. No, harshly. to be fair, this is not a real, like, I, I totally understand what you're saying. This okay, is not okay. a, like, normal, at um, least I hope it's not a normal, boring job. I mean, this is essentially no. a startup, right? It's not like, a usual I mean, job. Yeah. It's not a, like, it has a startup feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're building something that we've got, you know, big goals and, you know. Yeah, it feels kind of like we're a family, even. Mm. My point, uh, though, is, is that I think... The, the plans are nice, so maybe I'm going to amend what I said earlier in terms of you have to have a plan. I think you had to have to have a loose plan, but I think more than a plan is that you, like, have to believe that you are not going to fail at this and that not just believe, but, like, know that you are willing to do anything. Anything might be too strong of a word, but a lot of things yeah. to make sure that you succeed. And I, I think that for me, it was like, I would not let myself down in that moment. You know, there's a, one of my dreams is starting a, a yarn store. And that's something that I, I've been making loose plans for, for a while. And it's something that, you know, there's been times where I've kind of been ready to, to move further along with it. But I think I have a lot of fear around that, that I would fail somehow. And that is like such a part of my core identity is knitting that like, I can't fail at that. And I'm not ready to like do it because I'm afraid that that, like, that's the one thing I really don't want to fail at. Maybe I don't know if that makes sense, but the point is, is that for me, it's internal motivation and, uh, you know, just believing that you'll do whatever you can. But I think that comes back again to just being realistic about what's ahead of you. When you, when you leap out and take that journey, Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. jumping into a rapid moving river. And when you jump in, it's not, you can't float. You have to be ready to fight. It's not, and there's not a lifeline being thrown. You have to have that kind of tenacity. Um, you are if, painting like this beautiful picture. The, yeah, like, the metaphors you're throwing out today, it's man. It's strong today. Whatever. Man. But I think the people I, the people I have seen that, that kind of fail or, or fizzle out, it's because they thought 
they could just take one little step at a time mm-hmm. and they don't have a, a realistic view of what's of what they're entering into. If yeah. you don't have that view, if you need to, you know, cultivate that view, maybe that's when you start to add that 10 hours a week after work, nights and weekends, and you you begin to build slowly. I think if you're ready to jump, if you're quitting your job, you have to have the fire of, you know, you have to have a deep burning fire in your belly <laughs> or or you are you're not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I I think you have to strike this balance between like not being so afraid of failure that you don't start. Because I think if you're it's like with your yarn thing, Ariel, mm-hmm. right? It's like failure is so terrifying that it keeps you from taking a step forward. Mm-hmm. So you have to be like, you can't be that afraid of it. But also you have to decide, like, you just have to decide I'm not going to fail at this. Yeah. I mean... It, I don't know. I don't want to say it's as simple as making that decision, but that is a big part No, of I, I think it is. And this brings up a question that I have for you guys as well. You know, when I quit the other jobs and, you know, started doing proofreading and writing full time, it was like I knew in my gut that the time was right. Like, do you guys, and I feel like this is going to be the same thing with the yarn store. Like, there's going to be a point where like, I just, something switches for me and I'm like, yep, this is it. Do you guys have that gut feeling do you trust that you know is that something that you rely on in situations like this and i don't know maybe what that gut feeling is either so i'm curious if you have thoughts on that mine was for me it was i was so unhappy like i wrote i actually wrote an email about this um but i was so like every day when i woke up i was like i was I had dread. Like I woke up and the alarm went off and I was like, God, I don't want to do this. And it was every day and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where like, then I had to make a change, which I think is what happens to a lot of people. Like maybe some people are like this, but for me, there was just enough pain that built up there of like, I'm missing out on what my life should be like that it forced me to finally take a lot of action. And I did it in like, kind of just a, I just went in and quit my job. Like just, which was a little bit wild. And I don't know if I would do that again the same way, but maybe I would. Um, but it, that was, I was that unhappy. So I, I don't know that if I, I don't know if I just knew, but I just knew that anything was going to be better than what I was going through with that job. You know? Well, that, that makes me think that probably a good litmus test here for the person who asked this question or anyone else thinking about this is, do you hate your job or do you have something that is inside of you that you have to build? Do you, do you have the Sunday scaries and you just don't love it and it makes you unhappy or is there a passion and a vision that you have to build something? I think those are two different things. They both make you want to do the same thing, which is quit the job. But if you're only trying to escape a bad work environment, but you're not passionate and you're not ready to go and build your own thing, I don't know that you're setting yourself up for success. And I kind of, Ariel, I have a sort of similar story but it's not i don't i think uh, it's not because of fear it's because i don't have i don't have that vision yet mm-hmm. i i've been in corporate um corporate america before uh in my career i've been in startups i've been the you know kind of number two to the number one for most of my career um and i've always loved it there because i love executing on on vision and and managing things from concept to completion and and all of that and i've always said that I'm not a, I don't want to be an entrepreneur just to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to do something just so that I can say that's what I do. I don't want to be in a crappy job I don't like either. But one day I'm going to have 
something that I want to build that I'm just Mm -hmm. motivated by. That is the thing like your yarn store that I'm going to have to go and build. But until then, I don't want to force that. I don't want to be in a crappy company. I'm so glad to be a part of this team where it's, we're building great things and it's fun. Um, and I believe in what we're doing, but you don't want to take the jump and say, Oh, well, I have to become an entrepreneur just because I hate my job. Maybe go find a different job. Maybe find a team that you can join that you can do, do good work at, but you don't want to set out on a journey that you're not ready to take because I think that's Mm -hmm. where you set yourself up for, for failure. I was going to ask about that. I had the, oh crap. My kid just got an owie. (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask about that because I, I wonder how many people jump into entrepreneurship, but they do it because they don't like their job. Like they really just need a better job. I think that's probably very common. Also, Robert, both of my employees here just said that they were going to leave at some point. So I need you to stick around for like some amount of time. Okay. <laughs> What's it? Yeah. What can you put a number on that at this point? I don't, I don't know. It Robert's just moving on, to Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. Depends on when they get vision, you know, like I <laughs> just, depends on when the gut feel hits. Them. Yeah. Whatever the gut feels. So I just, now, now my head's got to well, be Well, I will I say that, that I really like my job right now. And that oh, is something gosh. This isn't that, a performance no, review era. I know it's not. Yeah. No, 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 no. But like, uh, for, you know, for real though, like I didn't like some of the jobs that I had. That was kind of what, mo- that was part of my, you know, what drove me. It wasn't that like real intense internal motivation that I was talking about, but I didn't like what I was doing. I like this. I like hanging out with you guys and doing this podcast and working on courses and like building this company, you know, with you guys. That is really exciting to me. And it feels comfortable to to do that. I like the idea of building. I think like, I like how Michael put it, you know, feeling like you have to go build something. Like, I feel like I'm in that right now. So that to me is like satisfying that that need that I think that I have internally and that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that there is a need to build something. Um, yeah. So, you know, as well, long as we're I, building, you can have me <laughs> stick <yeah>. around. <laughs> well, and just so everybody knows, I was, I'm very much joking when I say that because like I, when, because Arrow came to me at one point and was going to start, am I allowed to tell say this? You were going to go, you were going to start a knitting store? Yeah, that's fine. Is that, yeah. yeah. And like my response was like, that's awesome. And I genuinely felt that way. I was like, that's, that's amazing. Like, I hope that you go and do that and be successful. It would have sucked for me because Mm -hmm. like, I would have had to go find someone to replace you. But I think that like, I feel like a responsible thing as a business owner, if somebody like is is to help people get to the next thing, whatever that is for them. Um, at least I I feel like that's what you should do. I don't know. (laughs) Well, and I, I feel like too, like if you're gonna hire good people who are passionate about what they do like there's going to be a significant percentage of those people who are like internally motivated to go off and do their own thing one day and i think you have to recognize that's like just the price you pay for like working with people who are skilled and passionate and the other thing i'll say on the note of like you know leaving a job you hate or whatever is like i think it's possible to do work you love inside of a job you know it's like when I left my first job, like I loved the company, like the people were awesome. And I was bummed to leave the people. Um, but the work I, I didn't love and like the avenue that I took was, you know, sort of like starting my own business and doing all of that. But like, and even within that, I was still working mainly with one client. Right. So it was kind of like, I was still an employee in a way, but like, I think it's more about, are you trying to you know find work that that you love to do or are you just trying to escape a certain environment so i think you have to really drill down and and ask like am i not happy 
with the culture at this company or am I not happy with the actual work that I'm doing? And if it's just the work that you're doing um, or either of those can be solved by just getting a different job, really. So I want to I want to give my answer to whether or not this is a questionable decision, but I'm, I'm not going to give a yes or no answer. I'm going to give just a simple yes or no decision tree. If you don't like what you're doing, if you want to leave, if you, if you feel the pull to be an entrepreneur, ask yourself this, is there anything else you could do? Is there another job or company that you could see yourself going to? If the answer is yes, go do that. But if there's a gnawing feeling at your soul and you know you have to go and build something or be your own boss or build a company, then, then you have your answer. I think trying to force yourself into building something that you don't want to build or you're not passionate about building that is not going to, because it's going to take your whole life. It's going to, it's going to be, a, you know, a part of you. If you're not ready for that, don't do it. If you are, go do it and you're ready. Hmm. Yeah. There was something you said earlier that I didn't quite agree with. What was that? When you were saying, oh, what you said something about like setting yourself up for failure. If you don't have a, it wasn't plan. How did you say that? It was something along the lines of like, if you don't have like a vision to build something. Yeah, I could see, I, I don't know exactly what I said, but I think, I think it's more I got, of I got the spirit that, of what yeah. you're saying. Um, I cut, cause for me, it was a little bit different because I, like I had like fear and I'm, I'm going to get to the questionable decision part, but I had a lot of fear. I wasn't, or not fear. I had a lot, like I had a lot of pain points that led me to quit my job the way that I did. But I also really hated working for other people. And there's a lot of people like that where they just cannot stand to work for somebody else. And that was a big part for me too. But I didn't actually know what I wanted to build at all. Like I just knew that I was kind of good at writing and that people liked the things that I wrote. And so I was like, maybe I can do this. Because I was going to maybe start a swimming pool company before that. I think I had uh, Millennium Money Man was actually going to be a traveling seminar where I went to different high schools and I taught high school kids about money. Like that was, and I was talking to the principal of the school about like, how do you do these things when people come in and guest speak, like you charge how much per kid. And like, I was trying to figure all that out. Uh, that business would have sucked really bad. I think. Um, yeah, we're so glad you did suck. this instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. But so I didn't really know. And I actually didn't really know what I wanted to do with Millennium Money Man until like really, really know until like a year ago, like that. And it took, so that was like, how many years, six, six or almost seven years of like not totally knowing what I wanted. Uh, and now I do. So it takes I, some time. I think I, you fit the criteria. I think you fit the criteria I gave, which is, could you see yourself going and working for anybody else? Could you see yourself going and joining another team? If you have that feeling, I can't work for somebody else. I think you had your answer. You knew I couldn't go work for somebody else. Hmm. Whether you have the vision of what the product's going to be. I think I think really just truly, you, you know, if you're ready, you know, if that's what you yeah. want to do, but a lot of people try and force it. Yeah. I'm glad Ariel didn't start that yarn store. So what we're going to do is we're going <laughs> to, we're going to make sure we're going to incorporate, she already incorporates knitting into her daily job. So that I think we're going to have some kind of knitting channel or something. But as far as the, the question, just decision me part, in there. <laughs> yes. <yeah>, it's, <laughs> it's just Ariel knitting alone on like on the live stream. Um, <laughs> well, Ariel could live stream your an hour a week, an hour a week of just knitting. Um, but I don't think it's questionable. I actually, I don't know. I think that it's a good idea because I think life is very short. And that's one of the things that was another reason that I decided to quit because I was like, there's just some things going on in my life. Like people that had health problems and stuff around me that I was like, okay, this could all like be over very, very fast. And I don't want to get to the point where I'm like, man, I wish I had done whatever, you know? So that was, if, 
I don't know. I think it's good, even if you have a lot of risk, like to just take a chance on something. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the, uh, um, I would say don't let your obligations hold you back from doing something that you feel strongly about. Um, you know, I had three kids when I started doing, working freelance, uh, working as a freelancer full time. And I would say that, you know, I didn't bring this up before, but there was something about showing them that you can do whatever you want to do with your life. Like you really can take charge of it and you can find these different avenues and paths and feel really good about it. And it's also okay if you want to work for a corporation someday. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's all about what you want to do and, and to follow that. And I feel really good about showing that to my children. And so, you know, thinking about having a child and maybe that preventing you from quitting your job and living your dream think about the the possibilities, the good that can come out of showing that life to your child too. So uh, I also think this person probably knows what they want to do. I think they probably know the right answer. They just need, they need to hear some like validation from, and I don't know, maybe mm. we're validating one way or the other, but I think they probably know what to do. I think when you get to the point that you ask this question publicly, you know what you want to do you know, and you yeah, have to trust it. You mm -hmm. know the answer. That's a yeah, really- Yeah, this person should just do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah just to be clear. That's a really interesting point you bring up about like showing your kids, like you can kind of do whatever you want. And like, if you have this dream, you can do it. Because as you were saying that I was thinking about sort of the way that we think about, you know, like parenting or providing for a family is often like super tangible. And I think obviously, you know, if you're going to go Maslow's hierarchy, like that is probably the most important part, but there's also this intangible part of like, I feel like, even if you are, you know, you're worn out from running your own business or, or whatever, you're probably able to show up like as a better version of yourself than the person that, you know, is going to a nine to five and, and hates it every mm -hmm. day. I think there's yeah. something, I don't know, there's something I think that comes out of you when you're doing work every day that you actually are passionate about that probably makes you a better parent in some ways. Dude, and the benefit yeah. of a business is like even if your family abandons you, you can just build a new family with your new team of employees and stuff. So it's – Except for like Michael. A, I feel like I'm a part of a creepy plot that I do not want to be a part of. I've always liked the like the the thought of us being like a cult. Like I would – you know, if we're not mm -hmm. a family, can we be a cult? It's a yeah. soft cult. I think a soft cult is a, an important distinction. Yeah. All right. Who has a different – who hasn't answered? Robert. I, I feel like I gave my answer. I thought Robert me. was in okay. favor of it. I think from the We're very beginning. We're all in favor was... of it, really, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think there are some some boxes I'd want to be checked. Some um, things we don't know. That's yeah, the also there's some like disclosure or some disclaimers in here of like, I'm not a, a lawyer. This isn't legal advice. And Do you go to your that. lawyer to ask if you should quit your job? Maybe I feel you like we're as qualified as anybody to. I feel like your lawyer's like, will this help you pay me? If so, <laughs> yeah, here's my, yeah, my litmus test, I guess, is like, if you, if you feel like you want to do this, then you should just do it <laughs> because like, yeah, the, well, because what's the worst thing that happens? You're not, you're not going to die. Like your family's yeah. not actually going to leave you. Like the worst thing that ha possibly happens is like, maybe you go into debt or maybe like, I don't know, maybe you lose your house or something like that, but you're not going to lose your life most likely mm -hmm. depending on what you're doing. And you're not, it's not going to be the total end of the world. You can always rebuild. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot, especially in this country, there's a lot of opportunity to, to do build whatever you want in, in a lot of ways. And like, you're going to be fine. 
it just might be really, really uncomfortable if you don't do well at first. I like that yeah. you bring up the idea of like, what's the worst that can happen? Because I think that's how I approach a lot of different things that way now from like, do I, I can't even think of any other examples, but this will not kill me. So yeah. I can do it. You know, like it might be painful. I don't, I don't want to feel that pain, but like, it's not going to kill me. I, it's, yeah. I'll move forward, you know? Yeah. Our animal brains like try to like con convince us that we're going to die. Like that's a big part of fear, right? Mm -hmm. I am going to be pissed though, Ariel, if you come to me tomorrow and you're like, you know what? That was a great conversation. I'm going to do a yarn store. <laughs> it it just like there was me. a light bulb switch that went off. No, no, no. I've got, I got some things to work on here before I. <laughs> All right. Michael just Wait. signaled that we need to wrap it up and shut up. So. Well, all right, wrap, wrap it up for us, Michael. Well, I just sent you the talking notes. You're going to wrap it up for us. Oh, God. Good luck, I Robert. saw that I had. Make sure watch out for those typos, those landmines. No, I just sent bullet points this time. Look, <laughs> this is not helpful. <laughs> Figure it out. Okay, here we go. Thanks for listening. Three, two, one, two, 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 zero, two, zero. <laughs> okay, all right. What I'll, was that laugh? I'll do it. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to the Questionable Decisions podcast. Uh, we actually have a phone number if you would like to shoot us a text with your questionable decision for us to comment on. That number is 321-222-0203. If you'd like to join our email list, you can do that in the show notes, and we will be back next week. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. That was pretty good. That was actually really solid. Good job. I liked Good your bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, bye-bye.